Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. Uh, As you can see, we're doing some things different today. And different times calls for some different methods. And so... I uh, didn't want to be doing the preaching every Sunday. That's what we normally do at church anyway, worship and preaching. And uh, we'll get back to that next week, and we get, we get that every week. So we're going to take advantage of this situation. And uh, we are also mindful of people that are watching us. And by the way, if you're watching us uh, on YouTube or our YouTube channel or uh, Facebook, please uh, comment below. Let us know where you are. Uh, say hello to us, especially if you're viewing from outside Southeast Michigan. It's really encouraging to see how many people are watching us, and so you just want to log on that. Also, if you've got some friends that you think um, would really be encouraged today, you want, and you're watching this on Facebook, share it, and go ahead and tag them in it, because what we're going to do is we're going to share our story, our testimonies today, and um, kind of hopefully create an on-ramp for people that maybe are watching and are, you know, thinking about start joining churches, you know, following Christ, or maybe you're coming back to Christ. This is just really in my heart. I know uh, that many are in that situation. We want to try to help you with that and t- by telling you our story. And so we got four different perspectives here uh, this morning. I want to introduce to you real quick. You got my wife, uh, my beautiful wife, who we've been married. We'll be celebrating how many years this year? 28. 28. Is it 27 or 28? A long, long time. Long time. And uh, we've been together two years, so almost th- before we got married, so almost 30 years. Yeah. We're getting old, babe. We sure are. <laughs> so, um, so my wife, Melinda, and then we got Steve and Lindsay. Uh, you guys know them. And um, we're going to share our perspectives today of how we have come to know the Lord and how we have gotten into the church and become a part of the body of Christ. And that's the goal that God wants for every single one of you. He's wanting all of us to become followers of Christ. And so, um, you know, the Bible talks a lot about it. And, this, and for Christians out there that are watching, this is going to encourage you to share your story and your testimony because everybody has a story. Everybody has a testimony. Uh, you know, the Bible says that this is one of the ways we overcome, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Absolutely. And the Apostle Paul said that we are written epistles read by all men. So today we're going to be that. We're going to be written epistles that you can read our life story and hopefully receive encouragement. So this is unrehearsed. Um, We're just going to be organic this morning and just speak from our heart. We got our coffee. And, um, you know, so you want to talk about the lions today? You can comment below. This is one of my favorite coffee mugs that um, someone in our church blessed me with for Christmas. And uh, you know who you are, and I use this every morning. I almost didn't want to bring it to the church because I didn't want to break it. Anyway, so I do have some questions that's going to help kind of guide us today. And, um, but this is going to be just, you know, from our heart of how we've gotten saved and, and being able to share our testimony. And hopefully it's going to help some, some people out there. So let's go ahead and begin um, with when was your aha moment? when you realized that you needed to totally surrender to the Lord and then talk about that day of getting saved. So when did you have that aha moment, that moment that the Bible describes 
um, you know, of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, where he had an aha moment. He realized that, man, he wasn't saved, that he had a, uh, a better life in the house with his father, and he had that moment. So everyone has to have that moment where you, you come to realize, man, I need Jesus. I need to surrender. And so uh, let's start with Lindsay. Um, Lindsay, why don't you tell us about that and just go. So I was um, raised in church my entire life. My parents were saved when I was about six months old. And so I never remember not being in church. Um, I've, I, that's my entire life. I just never remember not knowing Jesus, not knowing about the Bible. Um, I knew all of the songs. I went to Sunday school. We never missed a service unless we were like deathly sick. So that was my routine and that was my life and that was my norm. So I didn't understand life without um, being in church and everything. So um, I got to the point when I was about 12 years old and I thank God that I had a pastor who, who taught the truth and who, who showed me that you can be a church kid and you can be in church your entire life and you can still not know Jesus. And so I remember when I was about 12 years old, I can't pinpoint the day, but um, I remember where I was in this old building and getting on my knees in the front bench in the corner. And I remember thinking, I've never really repented for my sins. I know I'm a sinner. And, you know, even kids, we have that conscious and we know that we've done wrong. And I remember saying, I need to be saved. And I didn't want, I started to see the difference between religion and knowing Jesus. And I had that conviction and it was the Holy Spirit convicting me that I need to make this decision for myself. It can't be my parents. I'm going to stand before God one day. And so that was, I was about 12 years old when that happened, even though I had been in church my whole life. Wow, that's, so um, what was it like when you got saved, like the day you got saved? Do you remember like the prayer? Did you pray the prayer? Did you, um, how, how did you feel? Yeah. How, I do remember praying the prayer and I remember thinking, and I was very young, but I remember thinking like there was like a finality. I don't know how to say like, yeah, this is real. I'm, I'm really in this now. I'm not just a church kid. I'm really, you know, and I remember having questions and I would go to my pastor and say, hey, where, where do I start reading? What do I, I remember being a teenager and start, I just started getting a hunger for God. And it was different than just learning the songs and going because I had to. I really genuinely wanted to know. Amen. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's where so many of us, you know, you, I love that you grow up in the church uh, but it's easy to to not know the Lord. You just get kind of get caught up in the routine. That's where you guys really represent. You know, even though I have a church background as a kid, but my story is different. I'm more of you know I stepped out and began to go like you guys stayed in the church, man. So you were there. It's so easy to just get caught up with the the schedule and the routine. And uh, that's if I can say something. That's the danger I think of being raised in church. You just you think you're okay. You think you're safe because you're there, and you just start to go through the motions and there's no real um, real relationship there. And there's a difference, there's a huge difference. And, and like you always say, that's the difference between religion and just going through the motions and really knowing Jesus. And in my life, there was a huge difference when that happened and when I really surrendered and said, okay, God, I want to know you. Did you feel different going back into church? Was there a difference like, man, this is... I think so. When, when you're singing the songs and yeah. maybe more meaning or something? Yeah, I started getting an excitement. I can't explain it. It was just like a, like, yeah, it, it, I guess I could say it became real. 
to me instead of just something to do. It was like, yeah, there's something to this. There's This is what everybody's it, doing. Yeah. This is what they're talking like, about. Like, yeah, this is why they're so excited to yeah. come to church wow. and to and I started getting that excitement where now I didn't want to miss. I I couldn't wait to go to church. Wow. I couldn't wait to learn. Same church, same, same church. music, same pastor, same everything. But a totally different meaning. Yes. That's just so a different a, mindset. Yeah. That's so good. Well, Steve, yeah. No, that the very similar story and um you know, I can remember when I was, uh, I, I remember this, um, I was five, about five years old, however old you are in kindergarten, I remember being in kindergarten. Sister Casterton, if you're watching, I know sometimes you watch uh, our broadcast, um, I remember I was in a private school and she was our kindergarten teacher and we had nap time, we all had a little carpet squares, we were getting ready to lay down and I'll never forget this, she had everybody close their eyes and bow their heads and she began to tell us the story of Jesus. And um, I remember she, she, her saying at the end of that, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come up to my desk. And I remember walking up to her desk, me and another kid, and I was in kindergarten. I remember that. And so I think early on I had, you know, I, I wanted to serve God and I had an awareness of God. My heart was sensitive. Um, but the Bible says very plainly to taste and see that the Lord is good. And so my journey took a little bit of a different toll because as I was in church, and much of what Lindsay said is very similar, um, I found myself being in church, and, and I, you know, I, I, I was there because obviously my dad was a pastor, and I was there playing music. I played everything that I was allowed to, and that was my approach to it. And, and I was surrounded with the Word of God. I was surrounded and serving God, but I often like to, rec to say that my story was a lot like the older brother uh, or the other brother in the prodigal, story, prodigal son story. And what stood out to me in that story is that when, when he turns to his father and he's all upset and he says, Father, you did all that for him. What about me? And he said, I've always had this for you. You've never asked. Mm -hmm. That was kind of where I was at at a, maybe a, at a different age. I remember where I was serving God and, and I had said that prayer. And as a church kid, you get saved every couple months. You just do. Amen. That's every just part of it. Every camp. Every camp. <laughs> but it's important to understand because a lot of times we don't have a story that, you know, we weren't in the gangs and we weren't on crack and we weren't doing all this stuff, but we were headed to the same hell. Mm -hmm. Insinuating we were on crack. <laughs> I'm saying we're no, no, I get no, it, man. No, that's brothers wasn't on crack. But what I'm saying is, you know what? We sometimes feel like we're like second class almost. And maybe we'll talk more about that later. But I want to get back to my story. So I can remember growing up, and I found myself. Now you got to remember, this was in the days of revival, where the term was, "Are you right with God?" Yes. There wasn't, there wasn't the, all the semantics that we try to get into. It was, "Are you right with God?" Yes or no. Don't matter where you're from. Don't matter who was your parents. Are you right with God? And I can remember in in my teen years when the revivals were heavy, and I was a musician and I was playing piano. I'll, I'll never forget where I was at a, at a church. We were doing a tent revival, and I was playing the piano for the worship time. That was what I did. Um, I never forget. During the course of that revival, it was for a whole month, and we were a few nights a week we would meet. I remember at home watching, my parents were watching TBN, Christian programming, that's like all we watched. And I remember uh, one guy had shared a story that he was um, sick, getting ready to die, and he was in, in the hospital, and he, he began to share his testimony of how in that moment he cried out to God and nothing, nobody was there at first. And then he said, it was as if the Holy Spirit came into that room, as if the Lord came into that room and said, your whole life you've known all about me, but you've never known me. Something clicked in me. I know I had said a prayer. I know I was always like, I want to do the godly thing. But there was a disconnect in my own way, and that rattled me. I was 16, 17, so seven, eight, somewhere in, in through there. I saw what God was doing in your guys' lives. And there was a part that I, I was like, 
okay, I know I'm in the house, but like the prodigal son's brother, I wasn't tasting, seeing the goodness of our God. I wasn't enjoying the Christian. I wasn't. Being a part of the family. I wasn't tasting and seeing. I put it to you like this. You know, you go to a restaurant. It's like I'm a picky eater and I'm nervous. So when I, I like my restaurants, I like my dishes, I'm there. But when we get a gift card that we so, ha- we so love to a place that we've never tried, my wife is very adventurous. She'll say, hey, this looks good, let's try it. I'm a little cautious. And I, this, this is kind of where I think some of us are in the church. We're in the building, we're checking in on social media, I'm checked into this restaurant, even order something to drink, but you haven't placed your meal order yet because you don't know if it's okay. worth it. You don't know if what you're getting ready to spend your money on is worth it. You know that you eat that meal, you're, not, you're going to be full. You, you know, you, you know, is that hunger going to be satisfied? That's kind of where I was. I was in it. I was jamming with my friends. I was playing music in church. But the why was missing. And I went upstairs that night after hearing that man's testimony. I went upstairs. We had a second floor. There was a yellow fold. I remember it very vividly. There was a yellow folding chair. I knelt down, and I prayed what that guy prayed. And I said, Lord... I know all about you. I mean, my goodness. Back in those days, we had Sunday school memory verses. I went to a private school that every class had a memory verse for the term. Math had a memory verse. English had a memory verse. Social study. Then the class had a memory. I mean, I knew half the Bible by the time I was 13. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And they all had memory verses. They all had (laughs) rangers. I mean, we memorized the word of God. And so I knelt there and I said, God, there's something missing. I don't know you like everybody else seems to. And the, this verse in Ephesians, as the youth ministry, we were reading Ephesians this week, and I think he says it's so good in chapter 4 about how I felt like so many church kids, and I know I was, just going through the motions, just walking through it. Mm-hmm. I hadn't put off the old man. I wasn't aware of what I was watching, what I was listening to. It wasn't that it wasn't on my rule list. It's that it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first things I noticed. Hearing certain words, watching certain things that I used to like not mind it, it bothered me all of a sudden. And I remember going to the church the next, the next night was, uh, was service. And, I, and next morning I got up and I wanted to read the word. I had a hunger for the word that really wasn't there because, again, for me it was all routine. It was all religious. It was all check the box, check the box, check the box. Be the Pharisee, be the Pharisee. For me it was different. And I remember I couldn't wait to go to the church that night because, like you said a minute ago, I got to join in on those conversations. And that it became real to me. Yeah. And I got the why, the who is what it was. Yeah. And that's so... That was kind of our perspective, and, and so I learned to cherish that because I think one of the most deceitful places you can live is in the church. Yeah. And yeah. I tell that to our youth ministry all the time is don't, don't ever think that just because you're in the church, your parents are in the church, where do you stand with God? And I think we've got people in our churches that have been there their whole life. Where do you stand with God? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm kind of reminded of uh, what we hear um, heard a story about people that are in the healthcare um, right now on the front lines, and in the beginning of COVID, when hospitals just begin to get overwhelmed, uh, they be, many of the first responders and the nurses and doctors just begin to be so focused on treating other people, they would not really test themselves at first, yeah. and then some are realizing that they even caught this virus, yeah. and in in a way. Uh, there is a spiritual comparison to the same thing. You can get up in the church and get used to, you know, even being in ministry. It's take take your oh, story yeah. and go further with oh, it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you can get involved in ministry and you're focused on other people. That becomes your identity. And you, yeah, you realize that, man, you haven't looked at yourself and you haven't, you know, looked. David talked about that, King David, and he said, Lord, search my heart and find out if there's anything in my heart that's not pleasing to you. You know, I, I need to first look at how I'm doing spiritually 
That's you right. know, and, and so how are you doing spiritually? You know, you've got to do, even Paul even said, examine yourself. That's right. He said that in the New Testament. He said, examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. And those, that is all part of the context of your guys' stories. And that's, yeah. that's, there's so many examples. I think of Samuel in the Old Testament, a young boy. That's right. Raised yeah. in church. And he, he ministered was, to the Lord, but did not yet know the Lord. Yeah, the, the scripture says that Samuel ministered unto the Lord, but did not yet know the Lord. Wow. And then, and then I've even preached that and talked about that. And then something happened. It's right around verse 2 or 3. It says, and then it happened. And the Lord began to speak to him and call his name. He ran to his Eli and said, are you calling me? And he said, no. Remember that whole story happened three times. But if you back up, what is the it that happened mm -hmm. to Samuel? The it was the Holy Spirit was awakening him. And I think if I can jump in, I think that that is one good thing that's coming out of this quarantine yeah it's exposed gaps in my life when you can't rely on the uh being anonymous in the body of christ in the church um there's a story that our music teacher told us about learn this music and he shared the story of, of this conductor who had a really good friend who wanted to be in the orchestra but he couldn't play any instruments and so he said i'll give you this flute you sit way at the end and just act like you're playing nobody will ever know for years and years and years, this guy would show up with his little instrument. He would sit in the orchestra. He would pretend to play his flute, and no one was the wiser until his friend, the orchestra conductor, passed on, and a new conductor came. And the new conductor said, I want to get a feel for my team, so I'm going to have everybody play their instrument all by themselves. And the, the, obviously, you can figure out how that story went. And the man was humiliated, and the man was ashamed. That's what I, I, I know that was, that was the case in my life, and I think that's one good thing that, that the Lord is using in this time is for us. Where do we stand one-on-one -on -one with God? Yeah. And, and you said it so well, even in, in, our, in our lives as ministers, oh my goodness, doing things for the Lord can do the same thing. It can take our identity, but our identity should be in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, and this, this, like, during this quarantine, we're all having to learn to worship without a crowd Amen. Everything without right. a crowd. Everything. And for those that maybe are, let me just say this, maybe kind of shallow, maybe kind of, you didn't even, this is exposing how dependent some of us were on in the corporate church. Yeah. You know, but if you read in the first, um, in, in the book of Acts, the first century, the early church was doing what we're doing. They were going, That's right. you know, they, they were running for their life. They weren't able to meet in big um, mm -hmm. areas. They, so they had, to, they had that inner, you know, relationship with Jesus right. Christ. And um, yeah. so this, there's a lot of good coming out of this quarantine. And so, yeah, that, that may is. be you that's watching, man, and wondering, you know, what is this uh, quarantine? What is God trying to do to me? And uh, what, is, what is he saying to me during this time? And uh, it's good for us to examine ourselves to see where we are. Amen. And um, so needless to say, you guys, you know, had that aha moment. You gave yeah. your life to the Lord. Church was different. Yeah. Man, and for life sure. just began to, to go, and, and you begin to serve the Lord and follow the Lord in that. And that's, that's amazing. So, okay. Do you, really quick, do you think it, it's, it makes it more difficult for children that are raised in church? than it does for children outside that hear it for the first time? I, Go ahead. I think it can because yeah. you have to come to that realization that church doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. Mm -hmm. So, like, right now, we don't have the church, the corporate coming together. Yeah. So if you find yourself having nothing right now, yeah. then all you had was church. Yep. 
And so it is hard because kids start relying on that. And I got church, I got church, I got church. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear that you got church. Do you have Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so I think it can be harder because it's it's a mind thing. You have to you have to come to that realization, like you said, the aha moment that no, I don't need church. I need Jesus, and church comes with it. Yeah. And you feel I feel like sometimes maybe kids that hear it so much become numb yes. to it. Oh yeah, you become so familiar to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can become so familiar to it where it loses its meaning. Yeah. You know, if you have steak every single day, yeah. it's awesome for a while. Yeah. But it loses its it loses the value of mm -hmm. it because you have nothing to compare it to. I don't know. I love steak, man. Come on. <laughs> but come on, know, put that in the comments if you love steak. But you know, I, I do have a heart for our church kids and, and, and I look even yeah. our youth ministry, the ninety nine percent of them are, are church kids and I think the Lord did I know the Lord did that because we do we are faced with different things. Yeah. And I think yeah. one of the on the other side of that to just minister to those that may be watching is we can wrestle with a lot of condemnation as well because yeah. we feel uh, man, that you, we hear evangelists come to the church and God delivered them from Satanism and yep, everything. Yep. And like, okay, I stole a crayon in Sunday yeah, school. Yeah. What testimony do I you have? You stole a crayon. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what do I compare that to? You know what I mean? But listen, exactly. is that God let me understand that, you know what? Everybody's got a story. Every, we used Absolutely. to sing that song. Everybody's got a song. We all needed a savior. And so I think we need to, I wish someone would have told me that, man, don't, and I tell this to our students, don't blow this head start. Yeah. You got such a huge head start. Don't blow what you have right. because you have a chance now. You don't need to see what's out there, mm -hmm. but also be, understand that, you know what? You serve God. You're not going to be perfect, but stay in the house yeah. yep. and keep following after God. And don't let the enemy bring condemnation because your story isn't as what seems to be magnificent yeah. because God sustained us even through our ups and downs and ins and outs. God brought us around to that place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. And we'll talk here in a minute, how do you keep that fire going? Yeah. Because when you're in church and you grow up in church, how do you get excited about steak again? You know, how, <laughs> you do, you, every day. how do you still, and many of you that's been brought up and can relate to your guys' story. I mean, that's a real thing. How do you do that? And so we will get to yeah. that. But um, let's kind of swing back over here. And we, Melinda pointed out how we're even dressed so different because our stories are so different. <laughs> So I need, I need you to comment below. You like the light side or the dark side? Oh, come on now. Come on come now. On. <laughs> no, You've not we, we known the power. This. We didn't plan this. It's just the way it happened. That's but awful. our stories are very different. And um, start with uh, Melinda. You know, you, you grew up where you don't know the stories of Samuel. You didn't know the stories of David. You didn't grow up in church. Uh, so how was your experience, your aha moment yeah. of... Man, I need Jesus. Yeah. My story is completely different because I was not raised in church. I did not have a knowledge of Jesus. Now, my parents did always say there is a God, um, but there was no revelation of what Jesus did for me personally on the cross. And so, it. okay, let, let's rewind. My husband used to travel out of town for two nights and one day he called me you got to remember this is we weren't saved we were living in a very very dark place and my husband calls me from out of town this was before cell phones so you got to wait till the evening you get yeah. back to the hotel all that so it was beepers. different yeah we had beepers yeah. but um wow you would send little cold messages to, okay anyway. yes and i cannot remember mm -hmm. one of those codes yeah. now but anywho i do but he called me and he said what do you think about going to church? And now you guys have to remember, in my mind, some people go to church and some people don't go to church. 
And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, if it's going to help you and it's going to kind of get you on the right road that you need to be on, then okay, let's start going to church. And so he got back from out of town and I noticed something different in him. Something I hadn't I hadn't noticed before and couple days went by and he was coming home from work and he was reading his Bible. And guys, I'm just watching. I'm a spectator at, at this point. I'm like, I have no idea. Sunday rolls around. We're trying to find a church. I get up. I start going to church with him. I get the kids ready. We're doing that. And you guys, all this time, this is so utterly foreign to me yeah. that I had no knowledge of any of this. But I was going with it because I'm supporting my husband. And, but one thing I can say is while I was doing this, I was noticing that I was starting to, I don't know, maybe like build a hunger a little bit. And it was just like, so we started going to church, and people's coming up and hugging me, and I'm just like, mm, all these people. I, I, it was, I a, was a complete least, culture shock. I was at least shock. a little bit familiar because of my upbringing, but mm-hmm. you, everything was new to you. Everything was new. And the church had changed so much yeah, when I came back. Absolutely. The songs, I was like, whoa. Yeah, because we had went through the years when <laughs> the like girls it. were little. <laughs> right. We had went on Easter. You know, but usually it was just slipping in and slipping out. I don't even think we stayed through the entire church. I believe you should go to Easter and Christmas, and we had our daughters dedicated to the Lord. And, you know, mom, that was my mom pushing us, you know. I know now, but that was mom just trying to push us to get us into the church, hoping one day we would get in there, we would have an aha moment. And uh, so, but, But I was just, again, we're going to church. I'm watching you. I'm seeing a change in you. And a few weeks went by. And I remember I, I was watching Christian television because, again, you guys, this is what I felt like I was supposed to do because my husband's doing this. So I need to support my husband, and I need to do this. And I'm watching Christian television. Which took us a while to find. We didn't even know there was one. <laughs> That's we had true. The, 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 you know, the TV guide and yeah. then the, um, the little guy. And, like, no Christian music. Yeah. I, it was it – was, We had uh, – Toby, what, what's the name? Toby Mack. Toby yeah, but I think Toby it was. Toby was around, and there was a couple yeah. others. Yeah. Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin of course. Franklin. And, uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot. Yeah, but wasn't as much as there is now. Yeah, no, sure. not even close. So I, I remember I'm sitting there listening, and I, he, uh, at the end of the service, he does for calls for salvations and the pray the sinner prayer. Well, I did it. And Eddie gets home from work, and I told him that I did it. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how genuine it was because, like, I knew that this is what I needed to do, and I knew that if I did this, then I, I would be going to heaven, and maybe it was my escape from hell. And so, again, you guys, I, there's no biblical knowledge whatsoever. Like, everything was just new to me. And so I, I began, I, I said that I prayed the prayer. I told Eddie I prayed the prayer, and... Again, you, you did look when I came home from work. You did look different. I think I a, felt safe. You had a peace yeah. about you, and I was like, "Wow, what you know? What yep. happened?" I think I felt safe, yeah. and like, okay, yeah. this is what I was supposed to do. And but then as time went by, 
I started getting into my word. And at first that was difficult. It was very difficult because I didn't understand it. It was foreign. And I had to find a, uh, yes, I thought the old Testament and the new Testament were two separate Bibles. I asked my husband, I said, where's the new Testament? (laughs) He was like, it's in there. We'd be in church and he would, the pastor would say, turn to this, but it would take me forever to find it for you. By the time we got there, I mean, it was so new to you. Everything was. Everything was. And the pastor would tell a story and he would say, he'd start the story and then he would go, y'all know. And I'm like, no, I don't know. Will you please continue that story? So then I'd have to go home and it helped me because I went home and I'd have to find it in the Bible for myself and all of this. But I remember now fast forward, we went to a revival service and it was uh, Pastor Ralph Coco. I I don't know if I'm saying his name right. He he now pastors Grand Rapids. So shout out to Grand Rapids uh, First Assembly there. He was an evangelist. Yep, he wasn't pastoring at the time. He was doing he, a, a revival service. Yeah. That was during the revival, yeah. late yep. 90s. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so we went, and I sat and listened. And I can still tell you guys the message. He was talking about his child's toy car. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. And he was talking about the batteries, how they can build up all of the grime, and then there's no connection. And he put them on and, the track. And, and the toy can't work because of all of the building. And he's going on. Well, I listened. You guys, that was my aha moment when Jesus Christ came to life for me personally. Because it was like, this is all, I'm not doing this because my husband's doing it. I'm not doing it because my in-laws want me to do it. Or I'm not doing it because I'm supporting Steve and Lindsay. And I'm, I'm doing this because, wow, Jesus, you're real. You, you died for me. It, It has nothing to do with anyone else, but me. Yeah. That it was became my, personal. It became, it became absolutely yeah, amen, personal with me. That yeah. was my aha moment. Amen. So yeah. if you're watching Pastor uh, Sam, uh, that's look what you did. Here's a prod. Now she's a pastor's wife, and look what the Lord has done. Over telling that story. I remember you talked about that story, and you would even use that when you yeah. would share yeah. your when you would be talking to some of our friends and trying to get them to become believers. You you would use that. So you never know. Um, what part of your story is going to connect with people? And um, yeah, I remember that. And that was that was a long time ago. And God helped you get and on. You there. know, it was a God thing because I don't have a good memory, and I remember every bit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Amen. All right, awesome. Hopefully, this is you know ministering to you. And um, so, my my story is uh, you hear me tell it all the time, and and so I'm just going to give a a little bit of it of my aha moment and when i got saved i for me it was um i was raised in church you know on fire for god actually when i was like seven years old got filled with the holy spirit and uh, everything was going great and then i slowly uh, drifted away from god really friends was a big one i would i would hang out with church friends but then i had other friends in my neighborhood that weren't serving god and at first i would witness to them i'd even get them to come with me to church royal rangers and everything but um being in that environment, um, you know, the Bible talks about it, that uh, the unholy mixture there will begin to take you down. Anyway, long story short, man, I, I just backslid and got older. I got in my teen years. I began to drift. And so my story is like the prodigal son. We keep talking about the prodigal son. If you don't know that story, it's in Luke 15. And you need to go maybe read that story. It's a story Jesus told. It, it's, it's, it's been called the greatest short story ever told in literature. It's that well put together. It's very short. Yeah. But it shouldn't be any surprise because it's told by the greatest storyteller, Jesus. 
And uh, it's about a boy who leaves his father's home, goes out and just does prodigal living, which means wasteful living, partying it up. And then when the fun is all over, a, a famine comes in the land, and now he's in the pig pen. And he's at the lowest point of his life, and he has this aha moment of how much better it would be if he would have went home, that even his servants at home had it better off than him. Yeah. He went up and he runs home, and his father was there to meet him. That's really my story. Um, the aha, I would say I had more than one aha moment in my life. In my early 20s, uh, the party scene and all of that began to get really old, and I just needed to quit. And um, I really, I would run, in, run across people out there in, in, the, in running around that were Christians, church people. Some of them were even pastors. I would run into them in the streets, in the stores, um, just randomly. And they would look at me and they would say, Eddie, well, I'm praying for you. And God has a, you know, a plan for your life. And it's, it's, it's emotional when you think about it. It's very powerful. And at the, I kept, that kept happening. And I begin to say, okay, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think about coming back into church. And, and again, maybe that's you that's watching. And you've been able to watch us online. And, you know, the Holy Spirit's been working with you. I know that feeling. And you, you try to dismiss it and just put it away, you know, or feel like you're good enough because, oh, well, you had that moment. You thought about God. And I believed in God. I would pray. I would even pray when I got really in trouble, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. But when I really had an aha moment is when I realized I couldn't quit this lifestyle. I've always been a strong-willed, ask my mama, I was always a strong-willed person. How many moms got a strong-willed person, a, a, a strong-willed child? Amen. Go ahead, drop, drop their name down right now in the comments and let us know that we're praying for them. You got a strong-willed child, and that was me. And uh, if I set my mind to it, I would do it no matter what. And, and it actually worked in my favor most of my upbringing in life. But when I got into this, this lifestyle of partying and living for myself, man, well, I lived for myself. I, I love that lifestyle. I, I can't even tell you how, how bad I was caught up in it. I couldn't quit it. I couldn't quit it. I would, I would work more and try to just save it for the weekends you know, but I would find myself still drinking, still doing this. I, I could not change. And when I realized I had no strength, and in Romans chapter 5, there's that scripture. I, I started Wednesday night. I, I said it Wednesday night at our live thing. Um, and the Bible says, when you were without strength, God demonstrated his own love and Christ died for you. Yeah. Without strength. Without strength to do what? To die to those old habits. And I, for the first time, I wouldn't tell nobody, but I was afraid, man. And I began to have this mind battle. And we went to my mom and dad's house. It was for your birthday. This was the last aha moment for me. And then I got saved the next day. It was your 17th birthday, November the 4th, 1997. You were born on election day. That's right. We went to your house, and you were dating Lindsay, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, and, uh, <laughs> no, we went there and Melinda and I and my girls were little. We all came over to have some cake and, and things like that. And, and uh, I remember no one knew, you know, mama would always say, I'm praying for you, honey. You know, you need, and dad would say, we're doing this at church. You know, you need to come to church. It was that same old trying to come to church to spiel that many of you parents give to your kids. Let me tell you something, don't give up on them. Amen. Keep doing it. You know, even right now, this is a perfect opportunity for them to tune in and watch our services. Um, again, I'll remind you that on, on our YouTube channel, the Sunday messages are uploaded every Tuesday. 
just so you know. And um, so have them watch because you never know. No one knew what God was doing on the inside of me. And I watched God's blessing on your life at 17. I seen the joy you had. I saw the relationship you and Lindsay had. You even had a little pickup truck. And you were better off at 17 emotionally and in a lot of areas than I was at 25, married with two children. Mm-hmm. Our, our marriage was not working. My, I, had, I was in and out of the legal system. I had addictions going on in my life that I, 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 no one knew. I, I couldn't fight. I couldn't win. And I was just busted. And I remember saying to myself, if I can just return to my father's house. Yeah. yeah. Come back home. Come back home. Get in the house. And the next morning, I got saved. Yeah. And so um, I love that. You know what's amazing is that you're saying at 25 years old, you were tired. And you're, you're physically and emotionally, you were like a 60-year-old. You were tired. You, there was. I could not quit, seriously. Yes. It was quit. an everyday yeah. occurrence. Mm-hmm. Going into jail, going in front of yes. the judge. Now, you know, you may not be living that violent kind of crazy life. And, um, but what are you, where do you run? You know, that was my out. Many yeah. try to run from conviction by just working a lot, by whatever, and um, thinking you're still in control. Yeah. And that next morning, I got up, went to work, and I was driving a wine truck for a wine company. Ironic. And uh, <laughs> my cousin, Nick, uh, Kim, Kim's husband, Nick, if you're watching Nick, love you, man. He got me that job. And the good thing about that job is I spent hours alone on the road, and I had time to think. Mm -hmm. And so I was thinking about Jesus a lot toward that moment. So November the 5th, I woke up, drove to work. They loaded my truck, and I went on my route to Grand Rapids. And on my way to Grand Rapids, I was taking I-96, and I was was in the city of Fowlerville. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Fowlerville. If you're watching from Fowlerville, come on, let us know. And uh, I believe someone could be watching from Fowlerville. There's a, there's a way station on 96. I think it's closed now, but I'm driving a truck, so you had to go through there to get your truck weighed. And so I, I'm talking to God, and I'm saying, you know what, God, I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care, what, I don't care if I can even live this life. That's up to you, God. I, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I prayed a prayer, and I said, God, come into my life. I pulled into that way station. And I simply said, God, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Help me to live this for you. I'm tired. I need a better life for my daughters. I'm just giving you my whole life. And I didn't notice the the irony (laughs) of me pulling into a way station, praying the prayer, and spiritually a burden and a weight was taken off me. And I drove out of that weight station. Think of that. Come on, somebody. (laughs) I I never put that together until I was telling the story one day. And a preacher said, man, that a preach. I'm like, what a preach. And then, yeah, God, and that is a feeling I did feel. I didn't, like, get a lot of goosebumps. Some of you did. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I did feel safe, and I went through the whole day making my deliveries with the Grand Rapids, and I would go to Holland and then down to South Haven and deliver to the uh, stores there. And I got in my hotel that night, and uh, I opened the little drawer, the little dresser, and thank God for Gideon's Bible. Shout out to the Gideons ministry that leave that Bible there. And I opened it up and I actually heard like God speak to me. Mm. It was this idea that said, Eddie, I want you to relearn everything you've ever learned before Mm. over again. And I knew what that meant. I knew for me it was to like what the stories you grew up relearning, get get that freshness again. And that's when I called you Mm -hmm. and I said, hey, babe, uh, what do you think about going to church? 
And you were like, well, if it'll help you. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I think we should start going to church, you know. And, and, uh, and mind you, he did not say that he got saved. Yeah. He I, said, well, how do you feel about going to church? Yeah. Test in the waters. This was all new to us, man. And I, we, and I got home and, you know, talked to you about it. And we started to look for a church. And that was really, really tough to find a church, which yes, rolls into the third tough. question, guys. Um, how did you get started in, into the church? Now, this is really why we wanted to do this today for many of you that are watching us. And God's dealing with you, and you know you need to get back into the church and become a part. We, we, we talked a lot about how you need to find Jesus for yourself without the church, but we don't want to minimize the, the need of having a church body. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I'm going to build the church. This is his idea. And that's why I know we will, we will be back to having church because it's a God thing. One way or another, we will have a body because you need a body. You need a community to do life together. And... And that is just how you need to learn to do it. So finding where God wants you. You know, I don't like the term church shopping. I really don't personally. Um, I think you need to be led by the Spirit of God yeah. to a church. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's our philosophy even in ministry today when we, you know, look for people in leadership. We don't. Anyway, that's a separate thing. <laughs> how, did, um, how did you guys, you know, start doing church uh, over again and get involved in ministry. Uh, maybe if you want to take a minute and talk to those that are already in church right now, what did uh, what, what would you want to tell them to start getting back? I, in I think there? for us, I know we, we didn't know each other um, at the, when we were younger, growing up. But so we were both in our churches already doing things. Mm -hmm. uh, we were I was she was already singing, I was already playing different instruments. Um, but kind of going back to what I said earlier, what what I think for me the difference was. Like I said, I, I had a why. I, I had a who. And it, instead of just, I, I, it wasn't looking at the songs from a musician standpoint, the, the rhythm of it, the beat of it, the whatever. My heart kind of became, I became a lyrics guy uh, where I, they, I began to be focused on what is that song saying, not just how it sounds. My whole thing was different. Like, like, I, like it became real to me. It wasn't just another chance to get together with my buddies and jam or playing for the big church. So we always want to do growing up, coming from little churches. It's kind of funny that after God, in the same week, I went from one of the smallest churches in the area to one of the largest churches in the area, and God showed me that. Like, look, this is the fruit of the land when you get things right. Amen. When you get it right, he brings you to the promised land. But for me, we were already, I was already involved, but for me, my eyes were finally open. I was, worship service for me was a time for me to just get lost in him, in, in music, and and I just found myself wanting to get involved in any way that I could in the church. I know I w we were younger and already in there, but it's like I just had a heart to serve. Like if, God, I don't have to play another instrument. I don't have to do anything. I just want to be in the church and do whatever needs to be done. And we were younger and had a lot of flexibilities, and we were there doing a lot of different things and playing and singing. When we finally did meet, um, we did a lot of ministry together. Um, but that was Amen. where I was from. Um, I, I remember coming to a crossroads. I was a teenager, and I started, same with Steve, I started realizing there's more to music than just music, and I started to feel a call to to sing. Okay. And, and um, I remember one, and I'll make this really fast, one time where so, a, a man that I worked with, he had a secular band, and he found out I sang, and he asked me to sing for his band, and I really wanted to because I just really wanted to 
I guess I wanted the attention or the glory or whatever, and I really wanted to. And I remember talking to my mom and dad, and uh, or my mom mostly, and I said, what do you think about this? And she said, I can't make that decision for you. You have to make that decision. And um, I remember stopping, and I felt so convicted about that. And I said, God, I know you want to use me in singing. I know, and I had this, like, crossroad like do I want to sing for God or do I want to go this way and do this and I remember stopping and I said I want to be serious and I want to be serious with my gift and I said God if you anoint me to sing I don't care how I sound if you anoint me I will never sing for anyone but you and I told him no I would not sing for him and shortly after that I had a man who was really really well known um, to just really bring words that were spot on and he came he didn't even know me and he said God's going to use you to write and to sing and everything like that wow. and it was like that was the crossroad I could have went the other way and yeah. I remember making those decisions like I'm in church now I might be young but I've got this crossroad and that's how I said you know what I want to get in the church I want to get involved and I want to do ministry and I want to use my gifts for the ministry yeah and I and I think that that's what makes our perspective from the church so different because God brought us to a place to where growing up in the church you play you sing we need you on the stage yeah. it was like yeah. you didn't have a choice God brought us to that place to make the choice again am I doing this because I have the ability and my dad's the pastor and we don't have a certain player so let me jump on the keyboard or jump on the drums or jump on whatever God brought us to a place it same way in my life but obviously differently but where I got to come back around and realize that this is an act of service this is a privilege it's not I'm not entitled to it I don't deserve it this is a privilege to be able to and yes Lord I will honor you with my gifting yes Lord I will honor you with 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 what you've given me and honor you and you alone that was where how our on road was. It was we were already on the freeway, but we were driving blind. Yep. And there's there's so much in there. The lessons you learn for God to put you in ministry, mm. man. That's a that's another whole discussion yeah. in a testing, a time of testing of you. You know, the light in you has got to be greater than the light on you. Right. That's you right. know, and so you got to right. realize that. Um, you're just a vessel. You're not the oil. Come on, somebody. That's right. And uh, when you start having those moments, David teaches us about that in his life. But I want to get back. Now, you kind of represent not going to church. And if we start winding down here, how did going to church for someone who wasn't used to going to church? Remember, we went. I, I called my dad. I said, Dad, I want to go to a church that nobody knows me. I kind of get a fresh start. If it's a big church, that would even be better. And my dad said, oh, so you just want a big church so you can go and hide. And I said, uh, yeah, kind of basically, I don't want no one judging me because of my story and all this. And so we, we, he said, I'm going I'm to take you to, I'll have you go to this church. It was a very large church. They're a soul winning church and very diverse church. And, and I didn't know all of that. He just said, it's a good church. You can trust that. We went in and it was all of that. It was a very diverse church. I saw people from all different ages. We loved it. And I walked in and I remember I'm looking at a seat in the back. And you walked right down to the front of that church. And I'll never forget that. I was so embarrassed I'd just being in the building. I was so embarrassed, man. And you went all the way down to the but, front. Okay, let me explain a little bit. This is I'm a little bit um, overly sensitive to um, visitors that come to church because we had tried a couple churches before we went to this mega church. And I'm, I'm going to be selective with what I say, but some of them were off-putting to me because of the way that they kind of treated us. And so I think that's why I, I try to be very sensitive 
to people when they first come to the church because I know it can be so intimidating. Yeah, was, we didn't have clothes. I had one nice suit. I wore to court. You guys, I had my clothes that I would wear to the bar. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And church folk, especially back in the day, they didn't hold their tongue with things. And so instead of letting the Lord convict with some things, they thought they yeah. had the right to be the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So when we went to this mega church, I was so excited, you guys. We had uh, met someone in the foyer that we knew, so we talked for a minute. The worship had started before we actually went into the sanctuary, and so I could hear it through the door. I was like, I like this. Yeah. This is, we went through those doors. I was like, uh-uh. There was a whole section up front. And it was I was so like. so different from the old one, two, yes. three, the which yes. is great music. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's yeah. church music right there. You right. grow up on that, yes. man. You, yes. But, this but again, music, I didn't grow up in church, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't You went right down to the front. They had cameras in this church. I'm like, yeah. what is this woman doing? And we went down there, and I he didn't He was like, it. are you sure? I was so focused sure? on everyone looking at me. I, there's a couple things the minister said. Okay, it's a said. mega church. He's worried about everybody staring at him. It's all about me. It was all about me. My life was all about me, man. Yeah. You know, my, and, and it just was all where I was, and yeah. God was doing a work in my life. But we hung in there. Yes. We hung in there. We made. We came. We came back. We got, we got us a Bible. My mom gave me her Bible. That was my first Bible. I began to read it every day. I began to set standards in my life, yeah. and begin to just go after God, man. And He just began to just work in my life. As mm -hmm. I said it last week, everyone is is you know, uh, responsible for your own spiritual development. That's yeah. so true. And, and so that's what we did. We started going into church, and it wasn't what I thought. And that's maybe I want to let you know, some of you had an opportunity to watch our services, and you got to see, man, it's not what I thought, man. Yeah. It's not that. Mm -hmm. Thank God this church wasn't judgy, and it wasn't like that. And our church isn't like that. Yeah. And churches have changed in general sure. since have. in 20 years. Yeah. You know, there are still some of them out there that, you know, yeah. for whatever reason are the way they are. But... Um, God wants you to be part of a church. We, I knew that. We got in there, and our girls started to learn about God, and it began to change our life. And so let me end with this last question. How do you keep the fire burning? How do we now? It's been, it'll be 23 years for us this, this year. How, has, um, how have we been keeping the fire burning? I want to end on that. What are you doing what, 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 to keep the stake exciting again? You know, I, I think for me, I'm going to say it like this. How do you keep the right fire burning? Yeah. Because uh, inside of us, and you, like you said on Wednesday, which was, was a great teaching, we have two fires in us. We have a fire of the flesh mm -hmm. and a fire of the Holy Spirit. And we do a lot of Royal Ranger ministry, a lot of camps. And this is my favorite way to illustrate this, is that fire has to be built. Okay? The Lord built the fire in our hearts, but it's up to us to keep feeding that fire or it will go out. Mm -hmm. Simply stated, you have to immerse yourself in the things of God. Yeah. You, can't, you can't periscope up and get some of that air from the, from the world. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You have to immerse yourself in the, in the culture of God. You have to immerse yourself in the word of God. You have to immerse yourself in godliness. You have to immerse yourself in, in, in godly music and, and, and worship time and, and sharing your faith. I mean, you got to get all in. And you have to feed that fire actively, intentionally, or it will just go out. It doesn't take much. I mean, during this quarantine, there's a lot of, like you said Wednesday, a lot of flesh coming out. And my hand's up, too. I mean, this is really, really tried us. But we have to be intentional with feeding that fire. And what I mean is you have to feed the right fire. 
going something back that was part of my awakening, is that things that I was doing and things that I was seeing and watching and listening to for me was feeding something in me that didn't, it didn't feed the same thing in me that my worship time and my prayer time was. And I, could, I started to notice the difference. And if we're not careful, we're going to develop a hunger and a taste for the things of the world. Yeah. And you can't have two hungers at the same time. Yeah. Hunger is natural. Everyone's born with hunger. A baby's born with hunger, but appetites are developed. Mm -hmm. That's right. So true. And you would develop your appetites for things. So true. You, you have to stay immersed. Uh, just a couple of practical things. Get a good Bible. I have a Bible app. I use it. This is my study Bible. It's got my footnotes in it. Got my cross references in it. This is one of my personal passions is helping people learn how to study their Bible. I love, I love that. I, I love teaching material on it. Um, get yourself uh, whatever's going to help you. If it's a, a, a devotion book, a daily devotion, there's different kinds. You have to be intentional. You might spend a little money. You got to spend a little bit of time. But if, if you're going to go after God, go after God. You know, go ahead and download those songs, even though it costs a couple bucks. You, you have to do these practical things. Get, get a good study Bible. Um, find some good Christian programming that ministers to you, whether it be podcast. Go out and find them. Ask us if you're here needing some help. And, you know, there's all sorts of different things. But you have to, these are some great things, some good podcasts, a good study Bible, some good books on breaking down um, how to study the Bible, uh, spending time in worship. Um, being intentional is the best thing that helps me because if I'm not careful, that fire can be, can, you don't put wood in that fire, it's going to burn out. Yeah, I think um, something for me is examining yourself, examining myself all the time. And I love that verse that says, search my heart, oh God, and see if there's any wicked thing in me because there's so many times that we don't recognize things in ourselves, and you know we recognize it in our spouse or we recognize it in you know other people but just to stop and say god search my heart and tell me if there's anything in me that needs to be changed and he will show you and so i i think one of the ways to keep the fire burning is to constantly examine yourself that's so true amen and you know what uh one thing too that i can say is i remember a moment in my life when I said, it was like as if I drew a line and said, I'm not going back. Oh, yeah. Come on. It, it doesn't matter what the enemy yep. did to me or what happened in my life. I was not going to turn back. Amen. And I remember I found, and we, we shared this on our, our lady Zoom, um, I found the story in the Bible of the lady with the alabaster, alabaster box and in Luke. And I was like, this is me. And find yourself in the scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's so important that we find our identity in Christ. Yes. Because when you find your identity in Christ, you got to know who Christ is in order for you to take That's on good. his identity. Mm -hmm. So find your identity in Christ and make that decision in your heart. I'm not going back. No matter what happens to me, I am not going back. And I understand the frustrations that you have when you're opening the word and you're not getting it. Uh, you see people around you are being touched by God and blessed by God, but you, you still feel like you're always one step behind them. That's how it was in our relationship. And it was nothing that he was doing wrong. He had that knowledge 
he was one step ahead of me constantly. So I was always one step behind him trying to learn and not wanting to constantly say, what's this, what's this, explain this. And I said, no, I'm going to do it myself. I made this decision to follow Christ. I want my identity to be in Christ. And I want to be that woman with the alabaster flask of oil. And I want to anoint my Christ with my oil, my precious oil. He's got to become personal to you. Amen. And absolutely, you got to draw that line in the same. We yes. were youth pastors. I used to preach a message to our youth, the point of no return. Yep. I love that You know, that we have people coming to the youth group because they want to date this girl. They want to date this boy. <laughs> youth ministry. And, and soon as the relationship broke up, they disappeared. And it was, and someone would be so, so obvious, you know, and they'd come up to me and tell me about their vision they had, and they'd have their Bible, that they're so super spiritual. And I said, listen, man. Do you man, know so many boys told us they had a vision, and the Lord told them they're marrying our daughters? Yeah, Lord, <laughs> problem, yeah. They have a whole list of you got to get to the point, a point of no return, which simply means, Jesus, if, I, if this relationship don't work, if I don't get that job, I don't get that promotion, I don't even get healed, if I don't get that breakthrough, yes. I'm not turning back. Yes. I'm not turning Amen. back. That, yes. that story is in John chapter 6. That's exactly what happened to every to the disciples, and that's what's going to happen to every single one of us. Whether Corona hangs around, comes back, whatever, there's another one, I'm not going back to Amen. however long this quarantine is, I'm not going back. You've got to be able to say that. It's got to yeah. be what it is. So how do you keep that fire going? I'm going to keep it simple. Standards, seeking, and sharing. Amen. i got to give you three points. <laughs> you put it in the comment below. Keep your standards, keep seeking, keep sharing. Keep your standards. You got to keep your standards. The, the guardrail on the freeway is still there. No matter how long you've been driving your car, you got to respect those guardrails. You got to respect those standards. You keep your standards. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm going to keep them. You know, and you, th those are just there. You pray by God's grace, you keep them. Keep seeking. Stay hungry, my friend. Stay thirsty, my friend for the kingdom of God, for the Amen. things of God. Amen? Amen. Keep seeking. Those, you, those of you that gotten saved and gave your life to the Lord, amen. No, there's, a, there's more of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. There's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yes. I got saved in November. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in February. It is the most powerful experience I've ever felt in my life. You know what? And I still stay refilled. You have, to, you have to do it because we all leak. Keep your standards, keep seeking, and keep sharing. What does that mean? Share your faith. Yes. Share your story. Yes. Even... You know, doctors that tell you, medical doctors that tell you that when you tell your story, something happens in the brain. Mm -hmm. Something happens in the yep. brain when you tell your story. I would say something happens in the spirit. When you share yep. your story, like we did today, you feel fired up, man. And, you, you know, you need to tell your story to your family members. Yep. Tell your story of how you've gotten saved and how you, you're in the process. Amen. Yep. And how God's working that in your life. And so that's what I wanted to end that with today. Hopefully this has blessed you and you can rewatch it, put some friends, you know, share it and, and tag some friends in it. This will be back uploaded again Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we went a little long today, but there's four of us telling our stories and I know it's going to bless you. And that's what I'm praying. So let me just end it by this. Listen, if you're watching and you want to, you know, recommit your life to Jesus Christ and you want to pray this prayer, you can do what we, we all prayed our prayer. We all had a day. Today can be your day. Amen. That you say, I'm going to commit my life to Jesus. Some of you, I'm going to recommit my life to Jesus. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care if I'm able to live the life. You know, that was me. I'm not sure if I can live the life. And I prayed that prayer, and, man, God did a work on the inside of me, and he's still doing that work. Amen? It starts with a prayer. Come on, pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Thank you 
for Jesus. I have sinned. I confess my sin to you. I'll repent of my sin today. I turn from it. Make me new. Wash me clean. Come into my life. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name. And I just pray, Father, for everyone that watched today, God, that you bless them. Speak to their heart. Father, that they would carry on with you. You, Father, I pray, will connect them to the body of Christ. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you take us deeper in our walks with you, Father. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.